When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Sign up and deposit up to £50 and Ladbrooks will put the same amount into your account, giving up to £50 worth of free bets. Follow the link to bet.chelseapodcast.net. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Chelsea Podcast. Happy New Year to one and all. We're back uh, after our extended break over the holiday period, and I'm joined by two stalwarts of the Chelsea Podcast. Uh, to my right, Mr. Uh, Gary Hayes, him of the Maori, I'm, I'm told Maori accent, not Kiwi accent. All right, bro. Oh, don't, don't, <laughs> don't. Uh, and to my left, um, uh, Rick Glanville, who's been regaling us the stories about his... Uh... So have you actually got the qualification, or are you starting the qualification? No, no, I'm starting this. This week, so you're starting a qualification to become a tour guide yes, in Clerkenwell and Islington. Uh, yeah, exactly in Clerkenwell and Islington, where I was born. Right. Um, I'm uh, going to train or study to be a, an official tour guide. So I'll have a badge and I'll be organising all sorts of tours around Clerkenwell and Islington, except football ones. There you go. Oh, I thought we could go to show where Chelsea won many points. <laughs> get to an anti-football one. Good night, <laughs> Rick Lamble, Of course, who is who is the official Chelsea historian? So this kind of fit, this fits the brand. Oh, well, yes. Yeah. And, Anyone, new, and newly bearded. It's, not, it's not, not just thrown together, you know, all this. <laughs> it's a narrative. <laughs> I like the beard as well. Yeah, my We're wife... We're all rocking the beard. Makes cuddly. My wife... Oh, thank you. My wife threw accidentally threw my wife, away my razor, and it coincided when, with, um, when Antonio started growing his beard. Right. And then people were saying, oh, he's not going to cut it off until Chelsea lose. Right. And then when I, my new razor came through, my wife said, no, no, you can't cut off your beard until we've lost. Oh, right. Okay. I tell you what, it is not going to last hot weather. No, it's, it's I mean, you know. As you a, as want a, a good a, shampoo and a good oil, that's what I have. Gets rid of all the irritants, stops the skin drying out. Spot on. That's what I do. Have a beard comb. It doesn't look this good just by growing. Mine you know, looks. Hold on a minute. I know, style we, it. I know we played. Uh, I, know, I know we played Norwich, but you're sounding a bit Alan Partridge with all this <laughs> products. <laughs> <Reckon Products>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I wear Links Africa. <laughs> some cheese in my bag. <laughs> Gary, you started the new year with a with a bang. Um, uh-huh. You weren't doing. Um, you weren't. You weren't doing Chelsea for a while, but you're back. You were back. Oh, at Norwich, I was like, only. Only temporarily, just right. to cover someone who's away for Christmas. So what? tell us what your situation is now, because we all know you from I'm Bleacher I'm taking Report. time off. Right. And I'm focusing on the documentary that I started last year that... Tell us about that. Well, I think everyone's heard about it too much. Um, Give us a little so brief summary Ker- for So Kerry and I are telling the story of Chelsea from, from 92 through to 2012 when they won the Champions League. Right. Um, Why those particular dates? Just showing... The, you know the uh, the advent of the Premier League and all the rest of it, I and see. then right through to when Chelsea were crowned Europe's finest, just to show the growth of the club and the story of the club. And Are you going to interview me and Rick? Went. Yes. Well, I've already asked Rick, but at the time Rick was busy and I was busy. Right. And um, I need to arrange time to sit down with people in quiet rooms and not pubs. Because you've done some people already. You've done Steve. Yeah, Clark Steve Clark. We we went to do Glenn Hoddle and he didn't turn up. 
Um, <laughs> Don't you know what? Right. <laughs> when I wrote my book, Rhapsody in Blue, in the in the mid nineties, and I, I chose all these people. You yes. put it on the cover. Yeah, exactly. The only person that I could never, you, I saw him every week, right? The only person I could never pin down for an interview was Glenn Hoddle. Mm. Mm. Well, so well, we, we, we are going to go back and do Glenn. At his golf club, um, Yeah, um, and then we've got Gaz. If you can lay hands on him. Yeah. Bit of an Eileen Drury joke there. <laughs> got well, Gaz, Gaz Cahill. Yeah, we did him last season. You love David, Cahill, don't you? Yeah, we, we did David Louise. Doing Gaz Cahill again next week. Yeah. Then about a month's time. <laughs> When I read his kids, their bedtime story. Um, Thanks for sticking up yeah. for me, Gary. And then, yeah, and then we got, uh, we, we did David Louise. We, we did, st- we did st- this Steve Clark interview, which is absolutely amazing. Some of the stuff he says in there, um, I think we might need to I did to- all the PR around Steve Clark's testimonial. I told you that. Yeah, we I? told him about that and he said he never remembered you. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he actually yeah. did. Yeah. Um, but then some of the stuff he says, I think we're going to have to uh, seek legal advice before we did put it out. Did he tell the Vaseline story? Who, Steve Clark? Yeah. No, but he told us some other stuff that was really interesting about stuff that I can't talk about right now that if we are allowed to talk about illegally, it would be really good for what we're, the story we're telling. My, um, my, my one Steve Clark story before we get on to talk about some football is that after his testimony, which I, was against the Dutch side, wasn't it PSV? Eindhoven. Eindhoven, yeah. yeah. And um, it was successful. I think there's a fair amount of people there. Mm. We had... Um, Oasis playing at Nebworth, uh, two nights at Nebworth uh, the, the night before. So we took all the team to, uh, to to Nebworth, and they all disgraced themselves. What, the Chelsea team, the Chelsea team, yeah, backstage, and um, yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a shocker. And I've certainly got some stories did about Dave that. Dave Lee behave himself. Dave Lee uh, went. He did what he did go, uh, and he did disgrace himself. Yeah, Rodgers. Sorry, Dave, uh, but not as much as John Spencer. But I will t- I will tell you that story in a private room. Fine size fun with Spenny. Yeah, yeah. So I, they, about- I think some of them. Had a, a, had a reserve game the next day and they got absolutely Dave spanked. Lee definitely had a reserve game the next day yeah. um, uh, what was the Vaseline story go on enlighten us no, I, I have to speak to my lawyers first oh, okay no it was about um, it was to do with when we were drawing at Bolton in 2005 uh, so to win the t- oh the right okay yeah uh, he shows he went mad and started kicking stuff around and he kicked. I'm trying to think. I actually, I tell you what. I have to tell the story again another time when I've briefed myself on it. Right. But basically, they were all petrified because he was playing his top, and they didn't want to break ranks. So they're all standing there frozen. And uh, I think it was he kicked the vas- a, like a big tub of Vaseline or some kind of embrocation or whatever. And I think it went over. Carlo Cudicini's suit or something like that and they all watched in silence as it dripped down his expensive Italian suit I could be wrong so I'm sorry if I've got that wrong but that is the gist of it so we um, played four Premier League matches in 12 days over the Christmas and New Year period we're not going to do all of them Um, we'll start with the last of those four which was uh, uh, Arsenal uh, last week um, you're looking perplexed? No, no, league you're games you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, league yeah, games, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, 2-2, away from home. We all yeah. went, did we, did you go? Yeah, I don't. Oh, you can go. Um, did you go, Ollie? Of course I did. No, Ollie Spurs. Oh, you're Spurs? I thought you were Arsenal. Oh, sorry, mate. So even more reasons to leave I've been, a boot in later. I've been taking the piss out of you for about two years on Arsenal. <laughs> and he's just sat there quiet like Vaseline running down a suit. <laughs> Very good. So, so let's have a look at the team for the Arsenal game then. Um, Courtois in goal, back three of Azpilicueta, Christensen and Cahill. 
Moses and Alonso at fullback, Bakayoko, Kante, Fabregas, Morata, Hazard. So returns to the starting lineup for Hazard, Fabregas, Bakayoko, and Andreas. Christensen three five two, and um, it turned into a hell of a game in the end. <laughs> it did, didn't it? It was a cagey start. I thought um, not, a lot of misplaced passes, some shuddering tackles, and I was a bit alarmed to see that we were. This is an Arsenal team, and we were losing a lot of the fifty fifties, and I haven't seen that happen. Chelsea Arsenal for a long time I've got to say so I was a bit disconcerted by that but I thought once we got into our stride we looked the more potent team I thought Sanchez was quiet they they had more uh, just generally I thought they did well down the left and we did well down that that flank as well and the weird thing was that flank was completely open (laughs) and and nearly all the chances came from, from, from that route so both teams have got big kind of Issues, I think. Before we go on and talk about individual Chelsea players, do you want to say a little bit about your favourite Arsenal player? I had a very good game. He did. Talking about I, Jack, Jack I Wilshere. when he scored. No, I didn't. Did you cheer when I, he scored? No, I, 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 I bet you did. I did make Super Jackie Wilshere. I did make, yeah. I did make a mental note, though, that when I came in here to talk about it, because it was the sort of performance that I've been saying he's capable of doing, but he needs, <laughs> to, he needs to do it consistently. <laughs> I think he was excellent. He was really? Excellent. He was very, very good. Yeah. Very good. Just and now he's played, but again... he was terrible. He the, was the, pro- the problem with him... 60% of the game. See, I don't, I don't think he was. I think he was... The, the way he was playing, he was just finding those gaps in that midfield that we played this five-man midfield to yeah, stop Ozil def- from playing. His, his role is a defensive one. If you're going to play him as a, no, an attacking midfielder, the, the way, the way, the, the way that's fine. He was leaving pockets behind him. The way they adapted to that game with that five-man midfield where they were able to play a bit higher, force Chelsea back more, which was playing, you know, like they did in September when they played a a 3-5-2 then. I just thought it was the wrong, they should have had an extra attacker to, you know, push Arsenal back a bit more when I think Wilshere would have had to drop, but he knew that he could go forward. But um, the only thing to say about him is the one criticism you said is that he gets caught in those tackles that get him injured. Mm. And you saw him when he got booked when he, I think it was Seski fouled. Should have been sent off. Yeah, he should have been sent off, but I think credit that maybe if there was any VAR in play that it would have been a sending off, but the referees see the replays, the players cross at the time, so he doesn't give a free kick either way. Um, But I thought he had a good game. But um, what I was going to say is, uh, just looking over, yeah, that, that formation that when he plays that and he's playing right into Wenger's hands and you look at the way the games are going now against Arsenal, it's almost that Wenger is not so much his master, but he knows how to play Conte's Chelsea. Well, that's the first, time, the first time yeah. Arsenal defeated, uh, avoided defeat against Chelsea in their two league meetings of the season, two draws for the first time mm. since 2011-12. Yeah. You know, so you could argue that you know, they're neutralising themselves, but there were so many chances <laughs> in that game. That's what I was going to say. You know, I think it, was, it wasn't really a draw, was no, it? They were, no, they weren't. I don't think you could ever say Arsenal were in control of the game. That's, that's the difference. When you think that Morata had probably three or four really great chances, uh, Fabregas had one that he could easily have put away Azard was one on one and if you look at the pattern of what happened I know we're not we're talking about Chelsea but if if you saw their game against Nottingham Forest mm-hmm. they were caught out at the back time and time again and the number of times you see them they're like a, a, they're like an army that charges forward like the old British army against the Romans or something charge forward then don't bother uh, retreating and they just get number of spaces that, are, that they leave behind them and that's why they keep getting caught with these one-on-ones we both had six high shots high line with no pace both had, both had both had six shots on target yeah. uh, I think we also have to give uh, Courtois some credit for a couple, of, good a couple of really Absolutely. good saves one standard two good I yeah. think obviously I've been vocal in criticism of him but that performance was incredible it's just what annoys me about him is his distribution 
where I was. That's a conversation they, for another time. I was, I was in the corner at the Emirates, uh, and it's uh, absolutely level with the goal line where it hit both oh, posts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was remarkable that that didn't go in, yeah. you yeah. know, which would have really set the tone for the game. Yeah. Um, I think we have to talk about Morata, don't we? And, and he got a lot of hate, particularly on social media after that game with people frustrated. Now, I know a lot of that's emotional and frustration. And Kerry Dixon never did that, did he? No. No, none of our strikers ever Costa did it. Never did it. <laughs> never did it. Hassel never Bank never did it. Drogba never never missed anything. You know, and I think that I, I, I would go back to the sixties and seventies to talk about players then, but all the people criticised Morata don't even realise Chelsea existed then anyway. So I think I think you're wrong there. I know people always say it's always the newbies that criticise, but it's not. I I hear in the, in the terraces you hear people that are, should know better who seem to have uh, picked up on that short term. Well, if you, if you think the demographic at away games is probably <laughs> yeah. 45 plus. Probably older than the Tory party. Well, it probably sure. is. You know, I mean, I'm, and I, I, I've actually started to notice this this year as, as, as you know, you, you are standing with people that, you know, are old enough to know better, frankly. I mean, mm-hmm. you get some young kids going, but it's a lot of blokes of a certain age, you know, mm-hmm. between 40 and 60, basically. Mm-hmm. So they probably would remember it uh, on the terraces. And, you know, I mean, some of the some of the hate that was directed at Morata. Now, I know this is an emotional response, and I know football is good for being able to vent your emotional response, but I think that, you know, taking a step back and looking at Morata's stats, for a want of a better word, is it 10 goals in 18 starts? Um, you know, it's not a bad return. And I think that, yeah, okay, I think two of those he should have put away. One of them was slightly more difficult where he was under pressure and pushed a little bit wide two of them he certainly mm. should have put away but you know strikers miss, miss opportunities well, I think it's a confidence He's thing saving them up I think you look at him and especially the last goal where all he had to do is relax open his body a little bit and he lobs check but you see he's so tight and he becomes so compressed as he hits that ball yeah. and that's where you see the power go into it yeah. rather than the, the technique of the lob he just powers it at check because he's so compressed yeah. the, the slight concern I would have is that towards the end when we were all over them mobbing them and we get the you know we get the goal, and you think, wow, great cross from Zappacosta, brilliant finish. Surely that's got to be Morata, and it's not Morata. It's Alonso yeah. with yeah. him. Eighty fourth minute, absolutely yeah. brilliant. But, but equally, finish. you look at his Why movement, wasn't Morata. But you look at his movement for move? the other two that well, all three goals really that he should have had, yeah. and he's getting himself in those positions, and then we'll get on to it. But you contrast that with with Mitchie against Norwich, and there was just zero movement. I mean, yeah. Alonso's astonishing, isn't he? Since the start of last season, he's been directly involved in 16 Premier League goals, 12 goals, four assists, more than any other defender. I mean, I know we shouldn't be judging our uh, our defensive options on their goal but targets, I but that's but that's the wing backs. But do you think he should be? Is that? I, I still wonder whether that's the best position for him. I still wonder whether um, a, an even more uh, like a pacey, a more dynamic left wing back with him. Uh, as a one of the three might be even better. Oh, so that's that's very radical thinking outside the box. Like Ryan Birch and Sandra or someone like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But so you I, think he, I, you, I, you think he could play one of the roles that's currently occupied by William or Pedro? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Mm, okay. Interesting. And, unless we buy Sanchez, yeah, do you think he has enough guile to play up? There? Yeah, I do. That's what I think. He's showing it. I think actually, well, that's does, his... does he? Though? I mean, it, I mean, it's it, he's very good at going past people and putting across you and getting in positions. Look at, look at but... the goals he gets. I do sneaking in constantly. Front of, sneaking saying, in front of uh, defenders. The movement for that goal is like incredible. Well, I think that, that he reminds that's... me of Poirier in a, in a way that he goes in sometimes. Yeah, I, 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 guile in front of goal is one thing. I'm playing devil's advocate to a degree. I mean, I do agree with you, but I mean, I think that you know, guile in front of goal is one thing. I think he gets himself. He's instinctive in front of goal yeah. which is remarkable for a fullback I'm thinking more about in open play you know in terms of that kind well, of goal but part of the thing I think you gain from that is that um, the wingback's role 
is to, uh, I mean, the ideally, obviously, there's a defensive factor to it, but ideally, you have players who can take on, beat their man, and get across in like Zappa Costa did the other day, and like Moses has done in the past. They're not. Neither of them are really doing that much this year. We're playing very narrow, playing a lot through the middle because the of that wings are not really. Field. Well, I think possibly, but what I'm thinking is. Alonso doesn't have that burning pace where he can just, you know, hair past someone. Uh, he, you know, he's a good defender. He's good in the air. All the, he's got lots of great assets. Maybe if you did have someone who was just a pace man playing there, I mean, you know, we've got some young players who could could, could do a good job in that in that in that respect. What did you have, Kennedy is he an option? Do you think? I don't know about. I think Kennedy could be eighteen um, months ago, maybe. But I th- I'm thinking about maybe even younger generations. I've got to say, I was Dujon disappointed. Serling, like yeah, that. that's what I'm thinking. I, I was disappointed actually saying that he came on. That Hudson Adoy didn't come on. I right. thought yeah. I think he would have been possibly the better option of the two against Norwich, given what was required. Yeah, Dujon uh, Sterling came on in the 89th minute against Norwich. But you know, we'll come yeah. on and talk about Norwich. Sorry, yeah. Um, I think, Sorry, just on your point yeah, about because um, it is a an issue across social media and just fan debate in general talking about you know oh, do you judge Alonso on the goals he scores because people use that as a way of praising him and saying mm. that he should be in this side and that Chelsea don't need a, an upgrade but then equally the counter argument is well he's a defender why judge him on goals but I think for wing backs they're hybrid players yeah. and if you've got a wing back just providing the numbers that he is I don't see where the complaint is because it's not as if teams are targeting Chelsea's left side or they're attacking right to, to isolate Alonso no, they, and get joy out. I think they are. I don't, I don't think they no, are. No, I, no, think, I think they, they are. They're, they're, they're targeting the other side. Well, I think they're targeting both sides. And, I, and I, I, I've <laughs> okay. said, I do. I, I, I think do when think they target the, Chelsea in areas like that, I agree with Rick, and where they're targeting them is they're putting those aerial balls yeah. in to hit Moses and Azpilicueta yeah. to get that knockdown. Exactly. Yeah, I, 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 I do agree well with that, but I, I, do, I do find that Alonso does, does get exposed on occasion I think, down there. I think he does and get most, exposed. most opposition goals are coming from crosses coming it's, in it's from both sides. It's when they've got a good winger and he's not doubling up to yeah. support the wide... Exactly. Set, uh, you know, the left but I, I don't think back. necessarily yeah. it's a tactic where teams look at him and think, we need to get Alonso. It's more a case of, like you saw it in that game with Arsenal where Bellerin would get the ball and just see he had Alonso on him tap and run because he knew he had the legs on him yeah. Yeah. but I don't think teams look but at Alonso but that's Bellerin against that, most fullbacks to be yeah, honest but I, I don't think rapid. teams look at Alonso as a weakness in this Chelsea side no. I think what yeah. they do is that to be fair I don't think there is a weakness as such but they target that aerial position on the yeah. right side with that diagonal ball yeah, yeah. well yeah I, 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 don't, I, I think there's a lot to be said for that um, so uh, Wilshire put them ahead and I thought the response was uh, was great. Four minutes later, has a gets a dispute about. I thought it was a penalty. I don't even I don't know what the argument is. I said it, I said the decision to give the penalty was as bad as the dive that Hazard made to get the penalty. But it was bad wording because it wasn't a dive, but it was simulation because he didn't exaggeration. You mean? Yeah. He's just, yeah, okay. He's exaggerated going How down many like that. How penalties have we and had this season? It doesn't matter. I just think How that many to go, times have we to go said, down Why didn't like he go that. down? Yeah, because no, sure, sure. But I just think you, you don't, don't have to go down do like that. that. You, you don't, don't. You don't have to go down like that. And that, that's why I don't think it was a penalty because to me, you I don't, you don't, you don't buy the he's entitled to go down argument. Then no, no, no. I do, I do. But it's, it's you, when you look at there's two separate things here though. One of them is was it a penalty, and the other one is did he exaggerate or did he exaggerate the action? It was clearly a penalty because he went to uh, get the ball and the bloke kicked his foot. Right, yeah. so a penalty. This, this, this is my this is my view on it. Is that yeah, I do buy the he's entitled to go down, but that's a case of when Hazard's running at pace and he skips past Bellerin and Bellerin might touch him. 
and he sort of does his foot in, so, so he goes. But in, in that, yeah, yeah, yeah. In in that position though, he, they're both virtually static. Hazard getting that kick. He gets the kick, but it's not enough to make him go down. I don't think it's enough to put him off his game, and therefore I don't think it's a penalty. There can be contact. Sure, sure, there can be contact, but it doesn't always mean contact is a foul. I thought it was a penalty. penalty. That, that's why I think that yes. it was a soft penalty to get. And I think if Chelsea had been conceding up the other end, it would have been equally as harsh on Chelsea. But, no, but you'd Chelsea say, get the penalty to make the most of it. If uh, I tell you what, why did he give the dis- why did he give the referee a decision to make? You know, that's what you would say. That's yeah. what I, exactly what I was just about to say. Yeah. If, that, but, if one of our defenders had done that, I'd say, "What's he doing? Yeah. What's he diving in?" I just think it's one of those that. Sure, he exaggerated, but it's still it's, a penalty. And, and the fact that he has to exaggerate to go down shows that it doesn't stop him in his stride. And I, I think that's the whole point of a foul. Let's a foul. Fact, so just break this down a little bit, right? And let's make sure we're all on the same page. Shouldn't the overriding deciding factor in this be it's a penalty? Yeah. And everything else that happens around that is is a byproduct of that. But I don't so, think, it, so I don't think ex- it was a foul for okay, it to be a right, penalty. Okay, so I think we're, we're divided two to one here. You, you, you and me think it was a foul and a penalty. You, that, that's fine. Other opinions but, but, but are available. My, my reason fine. being is it's that, fine. to me, a foul, and I think what it should be you know, defined as a foul, is something that stops a player in his tracks from you know, performing See, that, what, yeah, performing what he's trying re- to do. That's so, not what a foul is. It is, of course, no, it is. It's not. That is not. That's not the technical so, so, definition no, of a foul. So, is if, it? if you're running, and even though you know, so there doesn't have to be contact. So, just because there's contact doesn't mean it's a penalty. But then, equally, there doesn't have to be contact in order for it to be a penalty. Because, like I was saying about the velocity, you know, the Hazard's going past Bellerin, mm. and Bellerin puts a foot out, but Hazard dodges that foot, mm. but still goes down. Yeah, it's a penalty because he's there's had to move. There's only one recorded penalty of that, and that was Steven Gerrard. But the only known penalty what, in given the Champions for League intent final? with no contact is <laughs> it's ridiculous. But I, I just think that you know, you, you see him where players, especially players like Hazard, these nippy, yeah. you know, attackers that you know they're playing with their low centre of gravity where they can spin players and all the rest of it, that when they're dodging a tackle or they're riding a tackle, it's a foul, even though there's no contact. It doesn't mean the simulation, but I think in that situation there, okay. it doesn't stop Hazard from doing what he was supposed to be doing. All right, so 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 the penalty is given, rightly or wrongly. and um, great, great penalty. How confident are you when Hazard steps up to take a penalty? Now that he's not dribbling them, very confident. Hmm. But then, how can he be confident of any penalty? Because... It's 12 yards. There's a goalkeeper standing there. I mean, against Arsenal, I think it's 23 penalties they've conceded without a save. For Czech. Uh, no, Czech's 14 penalties he's faced in the Premier League with Arsenal, Arsenal that, that have been scored. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I just think you look at that, that's what I like about Hazard. You know, we, we spoke last season when he scored the, the goal where he put Cochrane on his, on his rear end. As he walked yeah. off, he just sucked his teeth before he properly celebrated. He was almost like, I'm the man, you know. <laughs> and that's what I love. Players that have got that arrogance. And arrogance is a good thing if you can back it up. Mm. And that, that penalty he's taking is an arrogance personified, but he can back it up by putting it down the middle. You know, Benteke tries it a few weeks ago and just fluffs his lines. Mm. So, so equaliser uh, from... Um, uh, from uh, Hazard. Hazard. Sorry, miles away there. And then... Uh, then the finish we just talked about. And then Alonso so. steps up after 84 minutes and, uh, and you know, uh, puts it in. It's a world-class finish, that. I'm sorry. I think the, way, the way he gets his feet sorted. It's just brilliant. It was, a, it was a moment where you went, who scored that? That's what I mean. Yeah, it wasn't. And, and everyone's going, oh, it's got to be Morata. Finally yeah. he scored. And I'm, oh, it wasn't Morata. Why wasn't Morata there? But and Alonso then, just steps up. Like, and then ni- moments, 90 plus two. Yeah. Um, why did we not? Why didn't William clear it? Well, I, I think there's too little pressing all mm. over. I think actually, you know, I would say maybe Antonio's instinct is to kind of 
um, drop deep and to you know the Catanaccio thing trying but I think we should do the stretch it, it, stretch the team I think it would have been bring on some fast runners put those two up there get one of your big blokes like Morata or someone who can just stand in a penalty box like Drogba used to do and head the ball away if they decide to go down that route but get two people that are going to worry them and get them to stay up there so they've got to have three men back yeah. because they were camped on yeah. the edge of our box and every Chelsea fan who's watched us this season was thinking uh, it's it might coming. not end it's well coming. exactly 90 plus 2 Hector Bellerin edge of the box Lovely Max finish. was a good finish but you shouldn't you know there were all sorts of problems I mean is there, is there, there from poor defensive well, header yeah. is there such a thing as a fair result I mean would you have taken a draw before the game um, no, well, it keeps Chelsea seven points be ahead of them. Arsenal. Yeah, okay. I agree, but it keeps us seven points uh, ahead of them. And this season, we know City are out of sight. They're over the horizon. All you can see is the dust from the hooves and the yeah, yeah. cowboy hats flying off their, off their heads. We can't, we're not going to catch them. No. We have to be part of that posse behind and we have to be the leaders of that posse. Yeah. And we have to... Oh, it's all for us now. It's all about the gap between... Us and fifth. Well, That's we are all about. currently third in the league after 22 games on 46 points. One point behind Man United in second and two points ahead of Liverpool in fourth and three points ahead of... Tottenham in fifth and that's the frustrating thing about drawing Arsenal because yeah. I'm not saying this with blue tinted glasses that you look outside of City and Chelsea are the best side outside mm. of City mm. you know they, they play not necessarily the most attractive football but the at times it is yeah yeah it is but I think, I think they play the most effective football yeah they're the most consistent side outside of City and it was frustrating because it looked like over Christmas we'd clawed United back in because there was a point where they went like four points above us we clawed them in they'd gone through their wobble Jose's throwing his toys out of the pram. We were capitalising on it. And then we play Arsenal. We should really beat them. And we said in the podcast before you know, Christmas and New Year, and I said, oh, we'll beat Arsenal because Conte will learn his mistake from September. And he didn't. He played that five-man midfield. Mm-hmm. And that just plays into Arsenal's hands because it yeah. makes Chelsea go so narrow. And by having the two strikers, it just limits them. Well, Antonio Conte has enjoyed just one victory in his six meetings against Arsenal in all competitions since the start of last season. Drawn three, lost two. You know, he's... That's going to change. Yeah. Well, you I, hope so tomorrow night. You know. Well, you do, but I, I wonder whether, you know, this this season, I wonder whether we are, we seem to be a cyclical team. You know, we seem to have like one result that really pulls us up short and reminds everyone of our fallibility, uh, like Norwich was. And then we go through a series of um, very good performances and, may, and, and then we have another slip up we just seem to have that in our makeup yeah. this season and uh, maybe we were the same last year but we got away with it a bit more because we had you know Costa was the sort of person who papered over a lot of yeah, the bad performances yeah. well we've got a couple of games against Arsenal coming up which we'll talk, to, uh, talk about at the end of the podcast in the meantime let's just take a very quick break for an ad The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. And we're back and we're ready to talk about the next game. But before we do that, we made a signing. We made a January yeah. signing. Ross Barkley joined us from Everton for £15 million. Pounds, 24 years old. Thoughts, Gary? I'm torn. I'm rip-torn over it because... Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's a good signing. I think business-wise it makes sense. You're getting a... 24-year-old Englishman for on a five-and-a-half-year contract. 22 England caps. And 150 Premier League appearances. 20 goals, 18 assists. You know, and you're getting him for £15 million. Pounds. So it's good business because he's a good player as well. And I think he's a player that will add to that squad. And also, on top of it all, you're pissing off the Liverpool mayor with it. And but, um, there's a big but coming. But 
at the same time, it's frustrating because I look at it and I think, whose place is he taking in the starting eleven? And I don't think it jumps out that he's going to start, that he's going to be a regular starter. So what you're looking at is he's going to be a player that's going to be there for 20, 25 games a season. And I just think that, not that I'm pushing the youth agenda ridiculously, that we should just throw the kids in and see what happens. But then I just think you've got Loftus-Cheek. Who's well, he's at, not here at the moment. No, he's not. But I think that it's too short term. So, okay, we'll bring Ross Barkley in for six months to get us through to the end of the season. Oh, by the way, Loftus-Cheek has come back. Now we've got a £15 million player in the midfield that's playing the same position as him. We've got Bakayoko in there. We've got Drinkwater in there. You know, we've got Sesk in there. Oh, how are we going to shoehorn Loftus-Cheek in? By the way, Lewis Baker, someone who's done something on loan for a few years. What's happening with him? Well, he's clearly, he's clearly done at Chelsea now. I just think that they're blocking the pathway with these signings. And that's where well, I think that Chelsea's transfer policy at times eats itself. I, I think that... Do you don't think oh, we should have more options than just starters in there? No, no. What, what I because, think is that, you know, you've got Loftus-Cheek the, who's injured. You know, and is injury prone. But what, what, what I think we're quite an aging team. Don't forget. But what, you know, what I think with our yeah, but what I think with our squad, like what I think with our squad is that yeah, we have options outside the starting eleven. But I, I think that if Chelsea are going to do anything with the youth team, a youth team that isn't just a case of give play, young players to take the chance because they're young players, but it's a youth team that they're doing everything asked of them at youth level. They're completely dominating in English football. They want back to back. You know, UEFA Youth Leagues and Loftus Sheik was a big part of that side that did that. He was probably one of the standout players. Christensen? Yeah, yeah, but Christensen, that's the point. If Chelsea had signed a defender in January, uh, sorry, in the summer outside of Rudiger, Christensen wouldn't be playing right now. Chances are he wouldn't be because they need to condone the fact that they've got a 20, 30 million pound signing sat around wasting. You know, yeah, so Gary, isn't the point that Christensen took his chance. Yeah, no, no he did, that but is, he took his chance the, because... That's the difference. You know, if you've got someone, and, and unfortunately, Ruben hasn't. And I've got to say, I keep saying about this current system that we're playing, or the two systems, both of them are built for a Frank Lampard that we no longer have. If you look at the number of late-arriving midfielders that are presented with goal-scoring opportunities, it happens time and time again, and they're not... Converting them, Fabregas, Fabregas had it. Fabregas in. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. When Hazard flips it back, this Ross Barkley does that. Ruben sure, Loftus sure. Cheek doesn't score many goals. But what, what the, the point I'm making is that um, he said he's, what, my sorry. What I wanted to say is he has a different skill set. It's not the fact that he's young, you know, that he's early twenties and and he's just proven himself. He has different qualities to Ruben Loftus Cheek, and I agree with Andy. You don't go into a season when you've got a lot of over thirties players next season with not enough uh, players who are just about to come into their prime. And when one of them's off form, the other one is in form. One of the reasons that City are so far ahead is they basically have two or three players for every position. Mm. And they are able to but field... Chelsea, the thing is, you, you can talk about that. Chelsea's business model and the way they're set up isn't set up to do that anymore, right? But I understand the point you're making. And then you go back to Christensen and say, well, look, he's taking his chance this year because he got it. But this is the whole point of what I'm saying is that Christensen's only got his chance because Chelsea didn't fill that part of the squad. So Christensen came in by default. I'm not saying that... Rick's right though, he took his chance. We we, we don't know whether Conte had eyes for Christensen in pre-season and that's why Chelsea didn't sign a player. It could have been that he thought he is is the player to fill in for David Luiz at times. But two years ago we did buy... to, To extend what you're talking about... Two years ago, we did. We brought back David Luiz. Two and a half years ago, we brought back David Luiz and we put Christensen out on loan. Now, you can't say that that system isn't working because he came back after two years, Christensen, and he's now usurped David Luiz. So, actually, it's 
what it comes down to, football is all about who is the better option on the day. Sure, but, but there's also, I, I, so I, Gary, just one thing on that, just just before you before you respond to that. I mean, I, I think as well what this loan system has proved that games in the legs, games under the belt, whether it's Christensen yeah. in Germany or yeah. Loftus Cheek at Crystal yeah. Palace, is Agreed. invaluable. Absolutely. And actually, what we've been Courtois doing, Atletico. and what we've been yeah. doing, what we've been doing up to now is putting Charlie Musonda in for two or three games yeah. and going, oh, he looks a bit lightweight, yeah. or Kennedy, or, or, or Hudson Odoi, or you know Dujon Sterling, or any of these great players that we've got. Actually, what's going to serve them best is playing a hundred games at a competitive yeah. level in a good games and coming back as the finished article. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Lewis Baker's done that for tests, and he's gone to. Well, he's gone I think to Barra he's probably. Really had it. Well, he's been. Re- I mean, it, say, he hasn't, this is where it he hasn't worked work. out for him at Borough, and it's not for his. Not, not for any fault of his. It's like changes the managers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're, not, if they're not playing, it's pointless. But, but, but if they the are playing, with, with, yeah. with David Luiz, he, it was only eighteen months ago that he came back, and mm. Christensen was in the middle of a two-year yeah. loan spell. Right. So Christensen has benefited from a lack of activity in the Chelsea, um, in, the, in you know, in the Chelsea yeah. defence, where the only defender we signed was. Rudiger and we allowed you know obviously JT's contract was up anyway we allowed Ake to go to Bournemouth so Christensen's in the right place at the right time and of course he's been incredible and he's taken his chance right but the point I'm making is that when is Loftus-Cheek going to be around to get his chance to take it because by having a congested midfield like Chelsea have got now because Chelsea's midfield is well equipped now you know, with Barkley added in there with Drinkwater, Kante, Sesk and Bakayoko, those central positions, are, you know, they're filled to capacity. That's, but that's good, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. But at the same time, you look and you think, well, where's the, the longevity? Where, where is the structure there to bring young players through that are capable young players that, you know, Loftus-Cheek hasn't, had his, hasn't uh, taken opportunity in the past because Loftus-Cheek has played as a number 10 and a makeshift striker play the kid in his position well, give him a chance that's what Palace are doing and that's what we're and looking at and look at what at. he's doing he's, and that's he's great. performing and, and well I think, in a side I, that is struggling and I think any manager can now look at what he's doing at Palace when he gets fit and when he plays regularly and say this is a player that I can use I know, and and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that Chelsea think, called him back in January but, but where do you think Chelsea would will play Ross Barkley what position See, because he played he played in a number of different positions I don't think he's going to play if Chelsea play a um, three man attack I don't think he's going to play as one of the inside forwards Yeah, I think he would I don't think he's going to I, I hope I'm wrong because if I'm wrong then I'm talking absolute nonsense right now but I, I don't think he is I think he's going to play further back possibly a, yeah. he could be a because a, I, I, he, and he, has, moving, he has good passing and he's you know and moving, fo- moving forward I think that and it was something we discussed on the podcast last year is that you could see the gradual evolution of Conte's Chelsea is that that five man midfield is going to be prominent and so really yeah. when, when you play that five man midfield you're playing with Hazard and Morata as your front two Barkley's never going to be Hazard in that equation so he's going to sit further back so there'll be a midfield of um, probably looking if he was if you're lining up the the preferred five you'd have Barkley in there over Sesk if he was going to be part of the five where you'd have Bakayoko and Kante so that's where Loftus-Cheek should be playing you know, I'm not saying that yeah. Loftus-Cheek is you know okay the, the Messiah who needs to play every week but when you start filling those positions and you've got Drinkwater and Seska ahead of Loftus-Cheek you say he needs a chance to prove himself well, where's that chance going to come? Well, I think no, it'll you're co- talking it'll, about the team we're talking about the squad Yeah, it'll come if it'll comes that's my attitude we don't make places for players if No, no, sure but right anyway, look, it's so I, I'm, 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 it won't come I'm aware that we're, we're, we've only got a certain amount of time and we have another game to uh, cover <laughs> um, to so Norwich, we, yeah. we can talk about uh, Norwich uh, Chelsea made nine changes for this tie with only Gary Cahill and Tamui Bakayoko keeping their places from the draw at Arsenal last Wednesday uh, David Luiz was back for his first appearance since the Champions League win at Carabao back on the 22nd of November uh, a very youthful bench 
Uh, we've just 11 uh, Chelsea first team appearances among them and four players aged 18 or younger. Um, and the starting lineup was Courtois, Aspiliqueta, Luis Cahill, Zappacosta and Kennedy uh, at fullback, Bakayoko and Drinkwater, and William Batshuay and Pedro. 3 4 3, a massively forgettable game. I think we all went. We all went to the game, <laughs> didn't we? Mm. It was a Saturday, we won't get yeah. back. And, um, you know, a great some, day. Well, yeah. by the it was lovely driving through the Norfolk countryside. <laughs> yeah, exactly, a lovely drive ruined by the football. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think that there were some really disappointing individual performances. I don't like singling players out, but. I think you have to look at Bakayoko. You have to look at Batshuayi. Um, and, you know, I thought the defence generally did okay. Didn't have an awful lot to contend with. Um, but there were also some good performances as well. I thought uh, William was, was you know, uh, good as well. I thought Zappacosta was good. Um, you don't think so? Not really. Oh, no. William Zappacosta. was Chelsea's best player. I thought he was. I, th- I thought Zappacosta should have been taken. You know, you're talking about a championship team. I thought he, none of them seemed to try and show want to show that team that they were better footballers. And I found that really disappointing. And what, what I found frustrating as well was that Murphy just gave um, yeah. gave uh, Rudiger a roasting mm. for that game. Mm. And Zappa Costa did nothing to protect him. No, he didn't. Mm. Did nothing. Just, he saw it happening. And it was just, a, you know, Rudiger's this, not so much a lump, but he's playing against this diminutive young kid who's got a lot of pace. And that's what was getting Murphy past him. And, Zappa, and you could see Rudiger screaming at Zappa Costa at times he just didn't bother just, yeah. he just sort of just wanted to sit in between the you know our 18 yard box and the halfway line looking to break but he was never getting the ball he just, just didn't adapt it was really frustrating and I think there were well, a lot of players who didn't affect the game you know I think, I, mean. yeah, I, I think, think you're was, right yeah. it was really a kind of feckless performance and you know this, t- this team that we have at the moment at their best or they are at their best when they're injecting pace and energy into the game. When they're trying to control it, they uh, and slow things down. They're not. Yeah. They're not very effective mm. because they just don't have the big beasts that that used to be part of our. Yeah. our we, we had we had seven shots on target. They had none. Well, this is what made me amazed me that Daniel Falker said in the end we were we felt aggrieved that we didn't win the game. But you have to have a shot on target. Don't they, they? they didn't start with a striker, <laughs> did they? But what, what, one thing I'll say actually, in t- talking of um, yeah, maybe me not so much moaning about Barkley, but being a little bit underwhelmed by it. At the time we signed Barkley, obviously the the news, the rumours, I don't know how serious they are. They haven't, they've seemed to have disappeared pretty quick. But when there was a talk of Andy Carroll, yeah. it was something that made me laugh immediately. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. But then I saw that game on I Saturday. he was running in the 4.30 at Newmarket that day. <laughs> but I just saw that game and I just thought, it's as I was thinking about it on Sunday and then yesterday, I just thought, like, if Chelsea were really in for Carroll, it sort of does make sense a little bit. I know what you saw, mean, because he offers something different. Yeah, when you saw how Batshuayi played, I just thought, and I, so I tweeted this out, and... and Bats what, played all right at Arsenal, though. That's been that, I know it was a small, short cameo, but he kept the ball, he was quick, see, and, and he what, wasn't any what those, of those What those Carroll rumours reminded me of is when we signed, it was 10 years ago this month that we signed Anelka. Mm. And I'd said it reminds me of when we signed Anelka. Now people have jumped on saying, oh, why are you comparing Anelka and Carroll as players? Like, uh, duh. No, mm. I'm not. I'm comparing it to the fact that Chelsea signed a player who none of the big teams would look at anymore. You know, Carroll... Who was the bloke we got from Bayern Munich and went back to Bayern Munich, the big bloke? Oh, yeah, Claudio Pizarro. Pizarro. Oh, yeah, yeah, transfer. Yeah. I mean, he was just a big lump. Who was a problem, he scored like one goal, didn't he? Against yeah, but then, but then he went the back to round. Bayern and fun did really fact, well. Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah. Guess who he co-owns a racehorse with? 
Steve Sidwell. Joey Barton. Okay, oh, really? that, that's bizarre. <laughs> so, um, but, but my, my point on Carroll but we, is we that... I'm saying we have got form of signing yeah, but, slightly but, lumpy strikers, yeah, you know, to back Pizarro. up. That was in... Um, Dave Mitchell. That was in Dave, 2007 Dave when Jose had his issues where yeah. that summer we signed Sidwell, uh, Ben Haim yeah, and it Pizarro. The it was the Tesco egg omelettes, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then he, I think he scored against QPR in the third round of the FA Cup, and, right. and that was it. But, but what, what, I was, what I was going to say about Carroll is that, you know, people listening to this might be laughing right now, but I think if you look at Anelka when Chelsea signed him, he was a player who had his opportunity. Obviously, Carroll's profile is nothing on what Anelka was mm. as a junior, and, you know, he went to, from Arsenal to Real Madrid, you know, he played for Paris Saint Germain mm. and, yeah, yeah. and all but the rest of it. Like but it seemed like Anelka's career was petering yeah, out. Didn't it, it, it? Yeah, and even though he was scoring goals for, for Bolton when we mm. signed him, we signed him 15 million, I think. Yeah it was almost a case of Chelsea were taking a risk on getting him yeah. but he sort of slotted into what Chelsea needed and he, he was got the, the golden boot yeah and he, and he was the perfect foil for, for Drogba in that he accepted that he wasn't going to be the main man up front so Avram Grant like forced him out wide a little bit and then when Drogba was being rested he, he was playing as the main man and I just think you look in you think Chelsea need options right now mm. if they're looking to get a striker in who can play to the system that Chelsea do Carroll sort of makes sense it's not a glamorous sign you look it's, it's a signing from left field but you think Okay, what are Chelsea good at? Where is Morata scoring his goals this year? In the air. Where, mm. where did, what did Chelsea need? A player to come off the bench with a bit of aerial dominance. Who were Chelsea looking at last summer? Llorente. He always played well against us, didn't he? And, yeah. you know, and people talk about his injuries and the, all the rest of it. It's, but the, it's the lack of pace that I would... I, I, okay, I think yeah. Yeah, no, I understand that. But as an, impact, so as an impact player... League. As an impact player, he's got previous in doing that. Yeah, and I, I think look, that- I, I don't disagree with you, Gary. I, I actually think it would be not ridiculous business. Yeah, you know, the, the, the fan base would see it as a lack of ambition. And that, I don't and see that, it as a lack of ambition. But I know I you don't, and I don't of- either. I, I said on Twitter, I think it would be. It's a role. It, it, it's a, you're buying for a role. That's what you, you were doing the with Lorente. Yeah. We were in for Lorente. It would have been the same thing. You know, put a lump up front. Twenty minutes to go. Put the ball. Because at the same time, fans saying it's a lack of ambition. They're complaining that Morata is the only striker. Uh, what tall bloke's that then? What, Llorente? No, yeah. Kane or something. Kane? Oh, yeah. He's, he's one season wonder. <laughs> one year wonder. I'll tell you who was good. The kid against, the kid for Nottingham Forest against Arsenal yeah, was Ferrison. really... He ben was Ferrison. very good. Yeah, I liked him. He scored the penalty. Yeah, he was good. Listen, I, I'm aware that we're running out of time. But Can I just de- say what yeah, quickly? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Look, I know Bakayoko has had probably three good games and lots of bad ones. Mm. But I was disgusted with our support. I was. Uh, uh, I was. Uh, Weekend. I was cheering, in the. I was standing in the middle of it. Passes. I know. Poor. Right. Very I poor. I, I turned around. That. I gave people a mouthful, and it. It was not all young people, as we like to no. think, and you know. It wasn't. It was people who should know better. It, well, you don't. It's all very well to say it when you're on the terraces and you just shout out. You know, you're critical of players. That's fine. That's what you pay your money for. When you but go to, to an project agenda. it, well, I think it, to project it to the public. And to try and undermine the bloke's confidence like that. I thought he was disgusting as well. Good, good for you, Rick. Those Absolutely. people should be ashamed of themselves. And they should. And, I was just, and these, this is what I was going to say earlier about Morata, is that Morata, when he got that hat-trick against Stoke, was the best striker in the world. And Chelsea <laughs> had got this bargain at 59 million. What a clever player. Yeah. Rising to 70 million. What a bargain. <laughs> Daylight robbery and Real. He has a few bad games after having his form you know um, interrupted yeah. with illness and injury yeah. and suddenly he's the worst signing bring back Robert Flair a lot of our fan base yeah. need a player to project their hate on at the moment it's back Yoko sadly and you know I think he did he had a shocker in the first particularly in the first half but you know I mean what, what does it serve and solve to, to actually give that apart from, apart from venting your own emotional diarrhoea yeah. you know yeah. and, yeah. and, and yeah. your own lack of emotional but intelligence it, but it, it was this sort of people acting in concert that really annoyed me it was annoying really you know, annoying this idea that some oath starts it off 
It was almost an, o- an, an, o- o- an Olay, wasn't yes. it? It? Yeah, it was rubbish. It's jeering. unbelievable. Good point. Well made. Um, you know, I hope Bakayoko gets better. He's very young. You know, he's a work in progress. You yeah. know, Conte obviously sees something in him. I mean, I think there is an issue. Let's hope he he's gets better. But let's send, let's send him our support and yeah, not hate. Absolutely you know. right. Okay, good. And we're good at that. We as a club, we're yeah. good at that. You know, look at Torres. Look at some of the other players. That, yeah. you know, that we, we, when we get yeah. behind a player, we're very good. And let's, yeah. let's try and be positive yeah. about this. Okay. Uh, youth and ladies, development squad lost 2-0 away to Swansea on Saturday, breaking a three-game winning streak. They've got Portsmouth away this evening, which is Tuesday, and the Checker Trade Trophy last 16. Under-18s won 2-0 away to Reading to get their 2018 campaign off to a good start and continue where they left off at the end of last year. One loss in 16 matches for them uh, this season. Uh, they got Villa at home on Saturday. And the late Ladies beat Arsenal ladies 3-2 at home in the league on Sunday to remain unbeaten this season. They play Man City ladies at home on Sunday in the Continental Tires Cup semi-final. Good luck to the ladies. Right, coming up tomorrow night, Wednesday, Chelsea-Arsenal. Carabao Cup semi-final first leg at uh, 8pm. Is he going to play a strong side? He said he's going to play a strong Mm. side. He said he doesn't want to drop the trophy. Good. All right. Uh, Prediction, Gary? It's really difficult because if he plays... The lineup he should play will trounce him. But if he plays that five man midfield, it's difficult to say how it will go. So give me a prediction. I'll give you two. Five man midfield <laughs> will draw one all. Three man attack will win three one. I can't see them scoring, so I'm going to go. I, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you because I think we got more pace when we play the three four two one. I'm going to say uh, that we're going to win two nil. I just realised as well. So, oh, sorry, you got. I'm going to say two nil as well. Yeah. We haven't spoken about. The feud. Well, we haven't got time. Can I just say, I agree with Conte and his face isn't one that regrets it. Yeah. No, that was a great line. But I don't think it's doing him any favours. No, it's not. But I, and I was sat right I in front of him. on rise above it yeah. and let... He obviously hit, as he calls he hit a nerve. He hit a nerve with the match fixing. Yeah, I, I was sat right in front of him on Saturday and I wanted to ask him stuff about formations and all the rest of it because I haven't had a chance to speak to him properly. So I was wanted to ask him about why, why are you playing his five-man midfield, try getting some stuff out of him. But everyone just went in. And yeah. he, as he was answering his questions, he was looking at me and I was scared. And I could see Steve in the corner thinking, oh, he's just been on BT doing this, now he's doing it here. Yeah. But it was good entertainment at least. Good. Uh, Chelsea Leicester on Saturday, just to wrap the show up. Prediction. <sighs> They've gone off the boil recently. Yeah, well. they have. I, I think it depends. I think Wednesday will be important because I know we've got, we've got that midweek now the replay against Norwich and then we've got the uh, a couple of our matches after that but I think momentum it'll be about we've had a couple of games where we've lost control a bit um, I just I 1-0 okay. that's what I want 2-0 okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 2-0 uh, as well so good so Rick Glanville Gary Hayes thank you very much first show back uh, thank you happy new year to everybody and we'll see you again next week this is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, 
Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. Sports Social Podcast Network.